Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Winter Yancey. She's the Associate Director at Cornerstone Valley, Inc. Winter, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kelsey. Thank you for having me. Yeah, excited to have you. So, Winter, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I got into social work really young. I was 18. I was going to digital hygiene school, and I saw an ad. Um, I think it was even back in, like, the old you know, dial up AOL days and uh, was like chat with one of my friends on saying, Hey, I saw this um, in the newspaper. Did you see this uh, provider agency called Brown Olson Center was hiring and um, it's just that they support people with disabilities. So I applied and it was the whole, go pick up the paper application and then fill it out, drop it off. Um, and ended up going to work for them all throughout receiving my bachelor of science and um, and then completed and I served of you know in a variety of different positions with them um from house manager to DSP to overseeing multiple programs all while while maintaining a 40-hour work week and doing school now I don't even know how I would manage that but um and then I graduated and I went into dental hygiene for a very short amount of time and realized it just was not for me. Yeah. Um, and I went back actually to that same provider agency. Um, and then the state was hiring and the county was hiring and several positions were opening because they had received quite a bit of federal funds um, to grow their positions. So I applied for a case management position through the local county here, the CDDP, mm-hmm. um, and was hired on as a service coordinator. Okay. So I supported and case managed individuals in 24-hour group homes, supported living, in-home, um, you name it, I did it. Wow. Um, assisted in abuse investigations, eligibility to determine if they were eligible, just kind of a wide array of things. Um, and then Nick and I, actually the co-founder of Cornerstone, worked together at Ron Wilson Center, and we kind of connected one day, and I was looking for a change in venture. And he had already established Cornerstone, and so I jumped ship and been here ever since. That's fantastic. We loving it. Yeah, sounds like a great journey to to get to where you are now. So, tell me a little bit more about Cornerstone Valley. Sure, uh, we opened in 2013. Nick and Carly Smith are the founders. Uh, they too were DSPs, started from the ground up, and wanted to really just make a difference in the level of care that individuals with ID and DD were receiving. Um, Oregon, obviously. Social Security is the main source of income, and they live in the poverty. There hasn't been an increase in SSI since the early 1990s, um, which is absolutely insane. But yeah, so they started kind of just a mom and pop agency where it was just the two of them, like manning the ship. Um, They were the staff. They were the owner operators um, and kind of have just built it from the ground up as they were also building a family and newlyweds and juggling life. Um, then I came along and was able to give them some reprieves. So now we are up to 10 homes. We serve both children and adults with high complex behaviors being our specialty. Mm-hmm. Um, we act as a step down residential agency for 
the highest level of care in Oregon, which is the Stabilization and Crisis Unit. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So talk to me a little bit more about the services that Cornerstone is able to offer for, you know, both adults and for kids. Sure. So we, you know, act as, you know, it's a referral source, essentially. Um, we screen individuals, vice versa, they screen us to see if we're a good fit. Um, and it's kind of that puzzle piece because group home living, I mean, obviously you're living with several others. Um, we have very, like I said, complex behaviors. So there's something called exceptional funding where an individual would receive two staff to support them. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people on the floor at one time. So we offer behavior support services. We assist in independence, community integration, um, daily living skills. Sometimes we even act as teachers because COVID has been so wonderful to us and we've had to navigate that. And um, th- there's just so many things that it's a wide variety, but my majority is stabilization. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so fun fact, I have my MSW. So I understand what you mean when you said ID and ED, but for our listeners who don't necessarily understand what that means, what does that mean? Oh, that is so great when I am always talking in acronyms and it's, yeah. So ID is intellectual disabilities and then ED is developmental disabilities. Yes. Okay. Great. Thank you. Just that was in the back of my head, and I I, I received feed, I received feedback one time that sometimes I talk in alphabet soup. So I said, now in my I make sure to I make sure to break that down. Okay. Great. No. So you're able to assist with with ID and DD. That's fantastic. And being a step down from you know the the inpatient highest level of of support that you're able to give at Cornerstone Valley. So what would you say? You know, other than kind of like you said, the assessment phase, all of the supports that you're able to provide um, to you know your to to the residents. Um, what would you say really differentiates, you know, you from, from other, from other homes? Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple of different things. I mean, obviously we like to act as community partners within the provider world. Uh, it's not always looked at that way. However, what really sets us apart is the skill set because we have behavior professionals on staff and behavior professionals are the ones that identify and write the plans to, you know, mitigate the complex behaviors. And we have really strong behavior professionals and staff that actually serve on the committees within Oregon, which we use the Oregon Intervention System, which is OIS, which is a hands-on curriculum to intervene um, during crisis behaviors. Okay. Um, Oregon is leaning towards a hands-off state, but as we know, we have to maintain health and safety. So that is one thing that really sets us apart. And the other thing is, too, that our, our skill set is serving children. So Serving children in a residential agency is really, really hard. Um, children really need the love of their parents, obviously, and that really sets up a set amount of trauma on its own. So we have really adapted to that and have been able to provide stability. And during COVID, when so many things were going on and agencies were having to shut down because they weren't able to employ individuals, we were able to continue to keep growing. Wow. We actually developed a home in a rural area here in Oregon where there's no other provider, um, especially for children. So that's one thing that really sets us apart. And we also have a really good working relationship with uh, Western Oregon University, which is one of the universities nearby, where we employ a lot of their college students. And they're really the key to to the success of our clients and really essentially us as well. Yeah. Um, Because it builds a great relationship, especially with the children, because they incorporate them in their sports and what they're doing. And it's kind of like it acts as a big brother and big sister program, which makes it really successful for us. 
Yeah. Yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was like, oh, like very similar to like a big, big sister, big, yeah. big brother program. That's great. And it sounds too like that allows for the kids to still be kids um, and have, you know, those opportunities, but have a role model to look up to. Absolutely. 100%. And, you know, especially with children who have dual diagnoses, which is, you know, in our world, comorbid diagnoses where they struggle with those intellectual and developmental disabilities, but also have mental health diagnoses. They really need that structure and routine, but that shouldn't stray away from them being able to live the life of a normal child. Mm -hmm. So we've also structured our homes to have those sensory items, whether that be a trampoline or a swing set to make it as much as a family environment as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. Although, you know, our our shifts are rotating, revolving doors with new faces, but we've really learned, um, especially with those experiencing mental health crisis, that it really does work because a change of face is always really needed. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me. So you mentioned it was a referral process. Talk to me a little bit more about how adults and, you know, children find find Cornerstone Valley. Sure, absolutely. So obviously we are licensed, federally licensed. So we are licensed through Centers for Medicaid, essentially. So we hold a license, technically an endorsement for 24-hour mm-hmm. for both children and adults. We are connected with each local CDDP, and then we also have kids residential, which is state-ran, so we answer to state coordinators. They have a referral process, which is controlled by each CDDP, and CDDP meaning the case management entity or the county of origin in which that cl- sorry, child or adult resides. <laughs> sorry, excuse me. So essentially what happens is they go on a waiting list. And right now, last I was told, which was just about a month ago, there's 136 kids on the waiting list alone in Oregon. Oh my God. So that's like, do not have placement or in desperate need of placement. And so that's kind of our drive to keep development yeah. going and steady, but without jeopardizing our culture and trajectory of the business as well. Yeah. But as far as the referral process, it is essentially they send out something that's called a one-page profile and it identifies the child's needs or the adult's needs and their diagnoses and what supports are really ideal for them to be supported. And it's kind of just like a fishbowl and it's honestly kind of sad. I'm going to be honest with you. And it's all these people grabbing like, hey, I'll take this one. I'll take this one. I'll take this one. We have a screening um, to say, hey, is this a good fit? Is it not? And then their ISP team, which is an individual support plan made up of whether it's a guardian, the county case manager, whoever else that person decides to be on the team will also screen us and say, yeah, they're a good fit or no, they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sad part is, is Oregon just recently adjusted their rates. and We moved to a new um, service setting tool, if you will. Okay. And so most people aren't even looking at the referral packets. They're looking at the rate of the individual and what they're going to be paid to support them. And that really breaks my heart. And that's something I'm really passionate about avoiding and not getting into. I would love to just skip the referral process and just meet the person or the child or the adult and then not even see that packet, to be honest with you. Yeah. So essentially it, it plays out that direction. I mean, there's some kids that have been on the referral list for years because of how high their needs are and the level of care required to support them. Same with adults. There could also be adults and or children who are currently placed in a residential setting or a different um, entity, whether it's supported living or in-home, who have decided it's not a good fit for them and they would like a different place to live. So they're, again, 
referred out as you yeah. as they would call it um and again it's just it's it's a phishing system each county does have what they call a DRC, which is a direct referral contact, and they keep a vacancy uh, profile list of each provider without throughout Oregon mm-hmm. that has openings. They call it bed openings, mm-hmm. so that if there is something that sparks someone's interest, they still have to go through the county of origin to seek interest, mm-hmm. but there is that option as well. What would you say the biggest misconception either, you know, about running Cornerstone Valley or about the space or about, you know, having having residents and, and children and, and, and adults in this system that you talked about, what would you say the biggest misconception about it is? Right. You know, there's there's quite a few. I mean, I could rattle a hundred, you know, um, but something that I've really been seeing lately is the number of, trying to say this kindly, the, the number of individuals coming to Oregon and or surrounding sister states. Mm-hmm trying to open provider agencies with little to no experience because they think it's money market and it's not. Um, So finally, Oregon, you know, really locked down their licensing system and said, hey, we're we're sending people through a week course and you have to pass it. Um, So that's a huge misconception. It may look very successful from the outside, um, but you have to have the heart and the drive to do it. It's not about the dollar sign no. it's really not no um so right now i would say that and then a really huge struggle just across the board and i think this is for every industry is just the employee aspect i mean the professional field is high there's some really good professionals right now especially job seeking but there's also a shortage of employees and when you have to provide 24-hour you know care it's really hard to have enough employees that you need to contribute to the level of care that these individuals need. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I know you, you go into social work and you go into these care positions, not because you are in it for the money, but while we're at it, the pay that these people receive for some of the most important jobs, the highest level of care, people dealing in the most fragile states, it's just, it's, it's inhumane, really, truly, for like the pay that they have to have to give to give all of themselves because they take that home. Like there's if you tell me that you can go and go do, go do that job and go home after, that's a different conversation that you need to have with your therapist about, <laughs> about how you're doing. But but you take it home and you shoulder so, so much of those emotions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we even finally just said, OK, everybody, you're not counting cashing out your vacation because I want you to take it like. I'm like pushing them out the door to say, go take vacation. Yeah. I want them to have that time with themselves because we do have amazing employees. Mm-hmm. And I will always say that they are the front line of what we do. They are 100% the most valuable part of the business mm-hmm. and the care that anyone that we provide care to are receiving. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. Without them, we would not have anything. Right. Uh, right. But 100%, I mean, negotiating wages for them, really, if they should be the highest paid employee, 100%, hands down. Mm-hmm. And then, and we, as a provider agency, that is one thing that really does set us apart, to be truthful with you. I try not to be really boastful about it, um, but we do pay a much higher wage than our sister and companies, just because of the complex behaviors and because of the 
the work that they do. Yeah. Um, even with our management, we pay a much higher wage than most, um, which has really benefited us in retaining people as well. And, you know, really bringing in the people that really do care. And it's not just a job, um, but it, it's quite a bit more. Yeah. So people want to know that. And it also, you can see it in their work too, because they're so thankful for the wage that they're receiving. And when we go to advocate, you know, because I'm on, you know, several groups and work groups within Oregon to where we advocate for these things to increase their wages, negotiate, it's only going to better our system. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So Winter, if, as, as you've worked to grow Cornerstone Valley, you know, with, with the, with the couple who, you know, started it, you know, back, back in 2013, I think, I think you said. Right. How um how have you worked since your time there to continue to grow the Cornerstone Valley's name? Yeah, absolutely. So when I came on to Cornerstone Valley, like I said, it was kind of just like a mom and pop agency. And um, I had experience in licensing and just like compliance. And that was my main focus. I wanted to streamline everything to ensure that we were in alignment with the Oregon administrative rules so that we met all of CMEs, so the Centers for Medicaid Essentially's expectations prior to really having, you know, a five-year plan on what we're going to do to meet the need of Oregon, which really was more so in the, you know, the children's realm than the adult at the time and still kind of is. I would say right now our main focus is children. We do have the adult homes, obviously, but with growth, we're developing more more children's homes than adults at this time. Yeah. Um, and then really developing a strong team. So lots of training um, and ongoing training and education around what we do, why we do what we do and the reasoning behind it. Because I feel like the why is always important. It's not always given. Mm-hmm. Um, so during my time here, I really kind of just like opened everyone's, you know, view of things. So it wasn't yeah. just one lens. Yeah. And with, you know, Nick and I working together, we have, he's really great in business. 100%. He gets the numbers, all, all the shit I don't like to do. I, I don't like the numbers. I don't like the payroll. <laughs> like you have that. I don't like that. Give me all the emotions. Yeah. Don't give me that. <laughs> I'm like, I'll take and wear all of the stress every day. You crunch the numbers, but, <laughs> um, so it's been a really good dynamic too, because I'm a people person. I like to get out, I like to advocate. And so we really went out and promoted our name within the community too. Like this is who we are. This is what we can do. These are the services we're willing to offer. And we built a really good working relationship with the state of Oregon, um, especially kids residential. And they really trust us to provide a strong level of care. And then from there, we started networking with that stabilization and crisis unit I was telling you about because nobody was wanting to take these children who were essentially going to maybe punch you and give you a black eye because they're overstimulated. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how they're going to communicate to you that they're overstimulated. So they were stuck in this lockdown residential agency with Mac locks where they couldn't even exit the front door if they wanted to, because everyone was frightened of them. Yeah. So we got with our um, OIS team were like, you know, on PBSP and said, how can we, you know, write our PBSPs to where we can support these individuals? Positive behavior support plan, right? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Functional assessments. And how, how can we write them to where we can maintain health and safety and really be 
the people that are going to give these children the lives that they deserve. They, they need a high quality of life. Um, and from there, we just took off. We yeah. figured it out. We are very adaptable. We yeah. work at a really fast pace. I don't sleep very much sometimes, um, and I don't think they do either. But it's really because at the end of the day, I mean, just, you know, even two months ago, we had a young man stepped down into our home about two years ago um high behaviors where we were having to do hands-on interventions daily and he has returned to home like with mom and dad and doing amazing that's awesome yeah so it was really just how we can meet the need and then developing that you know home and it's in deschutes county which is bend of Randman, oregon uh, where there is no other children providers, it was it was really hard, and we have just really rose to the challenge. I think and overcame, and just really have prevailed and not given up. And I think people have seen that through us, which has really shown that we're willing to put in the work to make things happen. And I can certainly hear the passion behind behind your voice about you know what you're doing and the care that you're giving. That's really important to me, and it's really important to my team. Yeah they're just as passionate about it as well yeah we are working with the state of oregon and dhs to eliminate temporary lodging because dhs is really struggling to place children again with those comorbid diagnoses so we have applied for a grant but are also working with dhs and child welfare and odbs and us as partnering agencies to on a joint venture to develop homes um, to keep those children out of hotel rooms when wow. when there's crises. Wow. So we will be the first provider agency really doing any kind of work in relation to this. And so it's going to be new territory for Oregon. Yeah. We're really excited to be venturing on the project. It's definitely going to be, like I said, a new territory, new cha- come, you know, comes new challenges. Uh, but because of the skill set and the level of care that we have shown that we can provide, they entrusted us to do that. So I'm really excited about that. So it sounds like you do a lot of advocacy work, you know, outside of even just Cornerstone Valley too. Correct. I serve on a board that's called Community Provider Association of Oregon. It's made up of, you know, 100 providers uh, within Oregon of different entities, entities. So foster providers, residential providers, and I'm the vice president um, of the board. So uh, we meet once a month. It was in person. Um, right now it's virtual, obviously, just because of the times that we're in. And we get a first look of everything that's going on in relation to our industry and our field. Um, and we do a lot of advocacy work um, and work groups around it and kind of are the voice for the provider agencies and the individuals we support. So it's really exciting because we're able to kind of have a big impact in the policy changes and kind of the direction Oregon's going. Winter, if you wanted to leave our listeners with one one little tidbit uh, about about life, about, you know, residential homes, about Cornerstone Valley, what would you want to leave our listeners with? Ooh, that's a really good question. I would just say be kind. I think just because out in the community, at, you can see somebody and rather it is somebody with intellectual and developmental disabilities, rather it is somebody facing a challenge that you're not aware of, just be kind. We have a really good community members who are very much aware of the population um, that we serve and that the other community providers serve. And we have 
amazing community members who go above and beyond to just be kind um, and just give people a chance because there's there is a stigma and yep. I I want to break that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you've got my back on that. That's for sure. I've got I've got your back. You've got mine. Um, no, this has been fantastic. Winner, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to talk with me about Cornerstone Valley Inc., your journey of how you got there. I like I said before, I hear the passion behind your voice and I know that you are on all of the boards and all the advocacy that you're doing that you are inflicting change. Um, and certainly the success story of just that one success story. I imagine that there's there's many other ones. Um, but that just gives you, you know, like you said, fighting the stigma that, you know, everybody Everybody deserves love. Everyone deserves to be treated with kindness and just be treated as a human. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't even touch base on the board and the advocacy work because it's just part of the day-to-day. And sometimes I get, forget all the things that I am a part of. But yeah, I agree. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this has been a great interview. I appreciate you being on Business Ninjas today. Thank you. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io, and schedule a time to meet with us, and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.